the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. Hi, this is Denny O'Neill. My name is Neil Adams. And this is Paul Dini. Hi, my name is Dan DeDeal. This is Kevin Conroy. Hey, this is Francis Manipal. Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. everyone, welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. This is episode 177, and I know what you're thinking right now. Hey, that doesn't sound like Dustin. Did I accidentally click on Robin Everyone Loves the Drake? No, this is not Robin Everyone Loves the Drake. Well, did I accidentally click on Batman and Robin Eternal? podcast no this is not batman and robin eternal podcast you are hearing uh me rob myers um i had reached out to dustin uh, a little bit after halloween when the solicits were going up for robin war and i said you know i'd really like to uh be part of the robin war discussion you know uh, do you need an extra co-host uh, to do uh some discussion on robin um what would you think about doing a little small podcast featuring robin war um i said with you know the 75th anniversary of robin you know really coming to a climax here in the month of december especially with doing Batman and Robin Eternal, I said, you know, I, I really feel like I I want to and I kind of need to be uh, a part of, you know, the celebration of Robin with, you know, doing uh, Everyone Loves the Drake and kind of coming in with that uh, fresh uh, perspective. Uh, and Dustin said, you know, they were going to be covering uh, the main books of the Robin War series. He said, but nobody's really covering the, you know, satellite or the tie-in books. And he said, how would you like uh, to be part of the main comic cast but do it with your group of uh friends and uh podcasters that i currently have on everyone loves the drake and then uh, mixed in with uh batman and robin eternal cast and he said you guys can cover uh, basically all the books and then kind of let us know what's going in on the tie-in issues and i thought that was great uh, uh terrence and i had thought about uh, potentially it kind of turning Robin Everyone Loves into the Drake into a little bit of a Robin War. So I want to say a big thank you to Dustin uh, for allowing me to uh, be part of the Batman Universe comic podcast and getting a chance to uh, talk uh, the 75th anniversary of Robin. Um, I have two co-hosts uh, here with me tonight. Uh, somebody's voice that you, if you listen to Everyone Loves the Drake, he's going to be a very familiar voice. So uh, Terrence, how are we doing tonight? Yeah, good. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, when we were doing the um, the new Batman and Robin Eternal podcast and buying those issues, I kind of saw the ad for Robin War and thought it'd be cool to pick that up. So I haven't been really been reading any of these titles for the last couple of years. Uh, so it's kind of cool to jump back in with the the Robin War. So yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> I feel like I. Uh, like with the Drake, you and I, have, we've collected enough of the books over the years that that wasn't a real hard pull. Then it's like, well, hey, Terrence, you haven't read any books in a while. Why don't you buy 26 books for 
uh, Batman and Robin Eternal, and then, well, while you're at it, why don't you buy, like, 12 more for the Robin War? Yeah, well, it's funny, because, like, my wife is, um, she's always like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, the podcast? Oh, do you need to go to the store to buy the book? And I'm like, no, you know, this book came out 20 years ago, I just gotta find it somewhere <laughs> in the closet. So I think when she saw the stack of books, the, all the Robin War books, I think she just thought they were from the 90s from long ago, and didn't ask me, like, when did you get those, or stuff, so, it's got, I'm, I got a free pass on this one. Nice, <laughs> nice, excellent. Um, and anybody that's been following my YouTube stuff will probably recognize the next voice if you've watched any of our Rogue Show uh, episodes. She goes by the name of Automatica, but I'm going to refer to her as Olivia. Olivia, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, Rob. Thank you for having me as well. I'm excited because um, I, I have been reading a couple of these titles, but I am, and anybody who knows me knows I'm a bit of a slacker and I kind of get behind. So this is kind of an excuse for me to, to catch up, <laughs> which I did and uh, jump into a few of them that I hadn't started. Like we are Robin, which is actually a pretty cool title. I know you and I had talked about it before when they did their um, new DC YOU. Um, you would have thought somebody like me would have been jumping up and down. Like, look, we get, look at all these Robin titles we have. Right. I was not feeling We Are Robin at all. I thought it was a stupid idea, mm-hmm. horrible idea. And I, then I that. <laughs> And then I started going through the first part of the, uh, like the first five issues, and I was like, darn it, this is actually kind of good. And yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. Uh, I think I've uh, spoken to both of you about it. I was really surprised that uh, DC waited all the way till the end of the year uh, to do this big Robin story. I would have easily thought in April, you know, the actual 75th anniversary, uh, they would have done uh, something a lot bigger. Are you guys surprised by the uh, latter part of uh, their decision to do it at the end, or do you think that's just like kind of like the... I'm um, going to mention a movie. It's like Star Wars. Everybody's going to go see it. <laughs> so uh, the December uh, hype is going to be Robin. Are, is anybody surprised by that at all, or is it just kind of one of those things? I th- I thought it was just because Convergence was yeah. in the summer, and I just yeah. thought maybe they were waiting for the dust to settle from Convergence more right. so than anything else. Yeah, they just had to. They I I mean I guess they wanted to work it into the new DCU, like like the new batch of books and titles and everything. It's a, it's a way to cap off the year that kind of we're looking at as the 75th anniversary of Robin. Um, <laughs> I know I've asked Terrence this question before. Before we uh, get right into it, I do have one piece of BatmanUniverse.net news that I don't think Dustin and the guys are going to break right away, so I'll do that in just a second. But I wanted to ask you, um, who's your favorite Robin, uh, why, and kind of what what brought you into liking that character, whomever that may be? So I'll let you take it away. That's Uh, me, or Terrence. Oh, Terrence. Oh, well, we'll have Olivia do it, and then Terrence, if you want to chime in, too. Okay. Yeah, that'll give me time to think about which Robin. <laughs> now, now he gets to think about it. <laughs> do, do you want me to go? Because I think mine's going to be done in like 30 seconds. <laughs> I'll go <for> it. <laughs> I think it goes without saying that uh, Tim Drake is obviously going to be my favorite Robin, and everybody's like, we know, Rob, we know. Um, and I always kind of preface it by saying, you know, that's the, the year that I started reading. It was in 89. You know, after seeing uh, the 1989 Batman movie, I got excited again about reading comics, and that was right at the time they were introducing Tim Drake, and um, I didn't wasn't even aware that there was a Jason Todd. Um, I remember being in school and somebody giving me the Death of the Family trade, and that was the only story I read by Jason with Jason Todd in it at the time. I remember seeing Joker beating this Robin with the crowbar. 
And I'm like, oh, no, they're killing Dick Grayson. And he's like, well, moron, you have to actually read the book. It's Jason Todd. And I'm like, who the heck is Jason Todd? So, you know, in that little time span between Jason and Tim, there was no Robin. So I was like, well, Dick Grayson's got to come back. So once, uh, you know, Dick shows up in uh, Batman Year 3 and that bleeds into Lonely Place of Dying, um, I started looking at this other kid going, well, he seems kind of cool. He knows who Batman is and he figured out who Dick Grayson is. And before you know it, um, I had been reading nonstop and Tim Drake, you know, just became my favorite Robin because I felt like, I'm right around the same age as he is, and um, I was never, you know, an A student in school. I was the CB kid, and I thought, man, Tim Drake is so smart. So I wanted to relate to him just because he was so smart, and um, he was the first Robin to get his own car. <laughs> so all, all that kind of cool stuff just made me uh, a Tim Drake fan. And then uh, later on, when Tim becomes Red Robin, that just really kind of cemented it to me. It was kind of like graduation you know uh dick grayson got to grow up and become his own hero and then uh tim gets to grow up and become red robin so i i liked that whole journey i felt like i was just following tim uh tim's life all the way through so um no big surprise um although currently i do say damien's my favorite robin because technically he is robin right now but it's it's always going to be um Tim Drake, and if you want more further proof of that, go listen to Batman or on the BatmanUniverse.net. Uh, Robin, everyone loves the Drake. There you go. There's my answer. <laughs> and you, you, you can have a lot of proof of that because I was listening to the Drake podcast in my car. I think I might have told you this already, but I was listening to it. Uh, it was one of your solo shows, and we were about five minutes into it. My kid was in the car, and she's like, wow, this guy really likes this Tim guy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he goes on and talks to Tim about Tim the, the entire podcast, which is like two hours. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, and this is like episode 16 of it. So <laughs> that kind of just floored her. She was just like, wow. That much devotion to one guy, and my wife is turning her head going, well, yes. excuse me? <laughs> not even real. He's not, yeah. Yeah. He has issues. Yeah. Um, so, Olivia, uh, your favorite Robin. Okay, so now if I'm answering this, does it does it have to be like when they are Robin, or like as a character who's been Robin? Let's let, let's do a character who has been Robin, whether they okay. are currently Robin or were Robin. If as long as they had the R insignia on their uniform at one time or another. Okay, well then obviously it's Dick Grayson for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a huge Nightwing fan, and just I've always liked that Dick is kind of. He has parts of him that kind of mirror Bruce, but he comes out of it in this like with this positive energy that that Bruce is. He just doesn't have that. <laughs> so you know, it's all about just like family and 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 just staying positive all the time. I just really like that, and I like that he you know he was the first one to kind of go through that and grow up and and be the first. He was the first one to graduate, like you said, and I just. I I love you know I I would you know it would be really bad if I did a podcast with the same kind of title because <laughs> people wouldn't be sure what it was about. <laughs> uh, Terrence. Well, I, I don't. I'd say I don't really like any of the Robins. They're all just kind of interchangeable. They're kind of like the stormtroopers of the DC universe. I mean, <laughs> no. Uh, um, well, when we did the other podcast, I'd said my favorite was Carrie Kelly. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of just to be different and just to highlight. So I'll, I'll pick something different this time, so people who listen to both can know I'm a total liar. But um, <laughs> wait a minute, he said. Yeah. <laughs> 
the I, I I think my favorite like I'll, I'll instead of favorite like person as Robin, I'm like my, my, my favorite just portrayal of Robin yeah. in the animated series. Like not the animated series, but the one that came on after it, the Batman. Okay. I loved the Dick Grayson Robin in that series. Um, part of it was because they couldn't use Robin right away in that show because he was on Teen Titans. So they actually introduced Batgirl first. So it was like Robin was like the second partner and he was like a little bit younger than Batgirl. And it, it was like this really cool dynamic. And I just thought, um, that character in that series was like the perfect balance of fun and acrobatics. And, you know, he would like get excited over a jet pack and all this kind of cool stuff. And I think the Batman it was kind of underrated. I know I hated it when it first came on just because it wasn't the animated series. And I, I grew to really like it um, in the end. So I'll, I'll go with that portrayal of Robin. Uh, that's interesting. I had no desire to watch that when it came out for that very same reason. It's not Batman the Animated Series. And then I think during Batman's 75th anniversary, um, Best Buy was having you know any any type of Batman DVD that they could have, they put out. And each of the seasons were, I think, like five bucks. And I was like, you know what? If it sucks, then I'm only out five bucks. So I bought uh, the first season. Uh, watched that over a weekend, and I went back the next weekend and just bought the other three that were there. I thought, wow, I can't believe I um, I didn't watch this. It, looking at it, it was kind of jarring, but getting into the, the storytelling I thought was really good. And at the end of the day, I think that's all anybody ever really wants is a really good story. Yeah, and the last season when they did the Justice League, some of those takes on, on the – and this was kind of before a lot of these – characters started appearing on tv and in animated movies and stuff it was it was a pretty good take on the martian manhunter and green lantern and superman and so it was pretty cool excellent um this is usually uh the part in the show where dustin will go through uh some of the news in the batman universe have you made any progress on the cure getting there hey i haven't heard from barbara for a while is she okay she's fine She's working on something for me. It's important. But she's safe, right? Don't worry, Tim. Just keep working on that cure. The only piece of news that I have is going to be uh, Batman Arkham Knight is, uh, I guess, officially releasing its last official uh, DLC content. There is going to be January content. Um, they have promised six months of DLC. Um, I'll save the big one for last. Uh, we are getting a new series of challenge maps, uh, but the... The main crux of the uh, uh, DLC is the Season of Infamy, and it's going to be a continuation of, uh, if you've played uh, Batman Arkham Knight uh, in the game, you go through and uh, encounter some other villains. They have added to the wheel, if you know what the wheel is in the game. Uh, we're going to get, let's see if I get them all right, Mr. Freeze, uh, Killer Croc, Mad Hatter, and Ra's al Ghul. So um, I believe uh, Dustin and the guys have put up a link over at the BatmanUniverse.net uh, that you can go check out and see uh, the video from Rocksteady. If not, you can just go through and type in uh, Batman Arkham Knight and look at Rocksteady's main page, and you can see the DLC. Uh, but the other big part of the news in that DLC is by fan request, uh, the Christian Bale, uh, you can call it the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises uh, Batman skin, will be available upon release of the DLC. And they said that was not uh, as part of the DLC bundle to begin with. Uh, they made the Tumblr, which is drivable in the video game, uh, but they did not make the uh, Christian Bale uh, Batman suit. And they actually had to go to uh, Warner Brothers and ask uh, for you know permission uh, to not only use it, but they had to actually go through and Photoshop, or not photo, but uh, take photos of the suit so it can be rendered in the game. 
and they said that uh, normal rendering would take about four or five months, and they did it in about less than a month time, and it looks really pretty cool. So uh, there'll be one more um, set of challenge maps that are coming out in January, but as far as story content, uh, this will be the last thing. Um, uh, Terrence, I don't believe you've played any of it, uh, and uh, Livia, I think you've kind of watched Todd play some of it. Uh, has he talked about uh, the season of Infamy at all? No, he, he doesn't have time to play video games during the school he's a, he's a teacher he doesn't have time during the school year so he's looking forward to like during this break for christmas to catch up on video games so i don't know if he's going to be hitting that or <laughs> <laughs> um and i forgot to mention it this will drop uh this content will drop on december 22nd a tuesday and for people in the uh, u.s that have playstation or xbox it's usually in the evening for us uh Places like, you know, the U.K. will get it really early in the morning, and then Australia and things like that. So the U.S. is always the last to receive it, and people always end up freaking out, like, where's my DLC content? And it's it usually drops right around the hours of, like, 5 to 7 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time is when it usually drops, and then, you know, accordingly it goes across the U.S. So uh, that's the only bit of news I have. Um, we will get right into the 75th anniversary story from DC Comics, Robin War. Uh, we'll be taking a look at quite a few books today. We will try and go through them um, as quickly as we can, but I imagine we'll have some discussion. Uh, so if you're following at home and haven't read them all yet, pause it, uh, read it, and uh, come back to us. But we will be looking at uh, Robin War number 1, Grayson 15, uh, Gotham Academy 13, Red Hood, and Arsenal 7. Detective Comics 47, and We Are Robin 7. So without further ado, a welcome to the BatmanUniverse.net comic podcast, and Merry Christmas. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey! Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel, and the Joker got away. <laughs> Crashing through the roof in a one horse open tree, busting out I go, laughing all the way. All right, the first book we're taking a look at today is Robin War number one. Uh, it is Robin War begins here. Um, it's been really kind of interesting kind of getting into uh, We Are Robin and trying to figure out how DC was going to uh, weave in all the Robin stories together. And we have one of the Robins, and it's been a while since I've read uh, the We Are Robin series. Olivia, do you know who the Robin is here uh, in the very front that uh, has the gun and ends up uh, shooting the two police officers? Are the police officer and the crook, or is this just a nondescript uh, Robin here. Uh, I, I don't think he's part of the core group from the series, the, you know, the early series. I think we get his name later on. I don't think we know it yet here. Yeah. Um, but he, there's a convenience store robbery going on, and one of the new recruits, like Olivia had said, has come upon the scene, picks up the crook's gun. It just as a police officer is coming in, and uh, this is a good example of somebody being ill-prepared, and you're going to kind of hear that through uh, being said by a character over and over again, which I really think is kind of funny and arrogant kind of coming from him. Uh, but uh, he makes a horrible, horrible mistake and ends up uh, killing the police officer 
and uh, the crook that he was trying to uh, prevent robbing the liquor store. And uh, he end up, it ends up getting injured as well, and you know the police are getting involved. And something I thought was really cool in this, I got a very uh, The Dark Knight Returns vibe out of the next series of panels where you have all this news coverage uh, going on. And I, I really kind of felt like this was something that would be going on in the news today. It would be on every type of you know social media, TV uh, that's going on. And it was really kind of interesting to read a... I'm using air quotes here, a Batman book that is very much Robin heavy and saying that, you know, we have this whole Robin epidemic going on. And I just liked all the different points of views that were coming out of this. And being a Robin fan, I found myself going, oh, I could see where they're coming from. No, wait a minute. I'm a Robin fan. They're they're, they're trying to do good. So uh, I gave like kudos to the writers kind of making me reconsider like, well, I, I could see having you know all these robins out there could be very um could be a bad thing with just having uh people trying to take the law into their own hands is not always necessarily the right thing to do and we kind of give a pass at the superheroes for doing that but this is like superheroes third generation trying to take uh matters into their own hands um the councilwoman here um, I was trying to go back through as many books as I can to figure out if this is her first appearance uh, in the series or if she has other parts here. But as far as I can tell, uh, this is a new character for the series. A- am I correct in saying that as well? I think so, yeah. Um, and I, knowing with the Court of the Owls mask on the very front cover here, um, I had a pretty good indication that if she was not directly involved in the Court of the Owls, she was going to be... Uh, definitely uh, a part of the Court of the Owls later on. Uh, we see the police uh, taking matters into their own hands, uh, subduing a lot of Robins, uh, tasering them, beating them with uh, billy clubs, uh, which, you know, you start to look at that and go, wow, these are just kids, probably anywhere from the age of, you know, 13 to, you know, maybe 16. Um, we get our first shot of Duke Thomas. Um, so, and I like uh, in the uh, one shot here, it kind of gives you, uh, a look at each of the Robins that uh, are going to be the main players in here. Uh, we have Rico also that uh, she is in contact with uh, Duke as well. And uh, Duke gets picked up just for wearing red, which uh, I, I kind of get a vibe of some, you know, uh, political satire is probably wrong, but um, uh, profiling too. They're profiling him for wearing red while also being an African-American too at the same time. So I thought that was kind of, you know, an interesting, interesting, you know, uh, plot point too. I don't think it really uh, pays an attention to that, but that makes you read it and go, well, that's not fair just because he's wearing red. But then you start looking at it and go, oh, I kind of get the, the other little subtle hint there. So hopefully I'm not, um, out on the limb by myself. Um, <laughs> Hey Rob, can I can yeah, I interject sure. something? Yeah. So just real quick, that the guy you mentioned in the beginning, the Robin, um, in the very end of the book, they refer to him as Travis. Travis. And okay. I I don't know. I have not been reading We Are Robin, so I don't know if he's been a part of it. But what the um, Talon does to him, he will not be a part of it any longer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's kind of ironic because um, like just earlier, in, I bought um, the whole We Are Robin. Um, just a few days ago and kind of read the whole thing the last two days. So, um, But earlier in the week on NPR, I caught the end of a, a segment, and they were talking about um, child soldiers in Africa. 
and um, they interviewed one of the generals and said, you know, why, you know, why were ch- children soldiers? And the general said, actually, that they were his best soldiers because they were the most loyal. They were the most willing to please. And they were um, had the least uh, reservations about doing you know, any of the killing and that there might actually even be some research into, um, you know, children's brains that the part of the brain that is developing, uh, that, you know, is your morality and, you know, would tell you it's wrong to kill isn't really quite fully developed yet. So they don't have the same sense of killing is wrong as, as an adult soldier would. And even though I know that's real life and horrific, I did kind of see the parallel in reading this of why these kids would want to, you know, take up the mantle of Robin and want to please and want to, want to do these things. And, and even though they're not killing like soldiers would i I definitely saw the real life parallels and i thought they did it really well it wasn't like over the the top like hit you over the head with it but it was just like enough where you'd be like yeah okay i could see this i could see this happening um i don't know i I don't think olivia's old enough to remember this (laughs) but uh terrence i think you probably are there was a move like a a made for tv movie in the uh, 80s i think it was called the wave and it was a book maybe maybe uh, you guys have read it i i I read that in high school (laughs) okay all right well there we go um and I had never read the book, but I always enjoyed the movie about people kind of following, uh, you know, blindly to to an organization or cause, and they're only told just enough, and they you want to please the leaders. And I think in this, uh, at least what I've gotten from the We Are Robin, it's that idea of, you know, not to throw Star Wars in here, but there's this idea of. Uh, this grander time, you know, when Batman used to be out there and, you know, as we get into the story, you, when the young Robins are meeting the kind of current or former Robins, they're kind of in awe by like, wow, you guys have worked with Batman. How cool is that? You know, the only Batman that they know is the robot Batman that's kind of after all of them. So um, I instantly kind of thought of the wave, too, at this point, like, you know, Duke's trying to do a good thing by leading the team here, but... His version of Robin is kind of skewed with just the very little time he has spent with Batman. So um, it's kind of like getting inspired by Cliff Notes, um, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, and not uh, not getting the full scope of what you're doing. So um, that's cool. Um, we see here that uh, Duke has been uh, – and I liked his kind of snottiness uh, that I believe uh, – uh, King is writing uh, this particular issue uh, where he's in the back of the squad car and it's kind of like, well, if I was Robin, I would have realized that there was, you know, the locking mechanism underneath the seat and I would do this. And, you know, seeing him leap out of the uh, car, I thought was a really cool scene. I love the panel layout here of the larger panel. We have the three small inserts and him jumping out. I thought was uh, really kind of neat and him, you know, coming out of the water. Um, and then we get all of the offshoots of, of, course in the uh, next series of panels with the congresswoman uh, instantly i think we all know that that's going to be the court of the owls it was no like big shocker like oh my gosh the court of the owls in this with the you know mask on the very front it's uh, really kind of uh, easy to pick out but i like that you know she'll do their dirty work but she wants her mask and the court is more of like you know the mask is awarded to you you have to be chosen and she's saying I want my mask. I want to wear my mask. So I thought that was – I'm wondering how that's going to play out later. I just can't believe the court's going to be the type that's like, okay, you got us. You know, We're going to let you have your mask. I think um, – I just have a feeling that she's not going to spend very much time in this series at all. Um, 
Yeah, I got the same impression. It was like, yeah, they'll use her and then kill her once they're done with her. Yeah, <laughs> right. At that, I think her name could probably be Patsy. <laughs> Very easily. Um, and then we're kind of seeing it from uh, Jason's point of view in the bar, which I always think is kind of funny that uh, the one Robin that's hanging out in the bar is always going to be Jason. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, how the kid at the bar is, you know, just kind of, you know, poking fun at the whole Robin thing. And uh, Jason just basically handed him a new one and saying, you know, well, Batman told me you know, if if Batman was here, he'd probably say I you shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, uh, he's going to go ahead and do it anyway. Uh, the conversation with uh, Tim, I thought, uh, works uh, really well here um, where Tim is bringing Jason up to speed on everything. Um, I do like the uh, write up here for Jason, if I can find it. It says uh, former Robin. Uh, Died nobly, came back a bit less noble, uh, and Tim Drakes is a.k.a. Red Robin, formerly the world's second greatest detective, currently the world's greatest detective, which I thought was really kind of cool that since Batman is gone, Tim has already you know, been promoted to the world's greatest detective, so I thought that was uh, really kind of neat. Yeah. Um, Especially in the new like this kind of new 52 universe now where Tim Drakes kind of... <sighs> been a little lost i think his his character but it seems like they're kind of finding him again yeah and it's been uh the other podcast terrence and i are doing uh, it's i feel like that's closer to the tim drake that we kind of grew up with in the 90s it kind of feels a little flushed out a little bit more um we have the uh, basically call to the arms of all the robins and uh finally <laughs> Damien shows up uh, currently from being abroad. Um, this is the grandson of Rachel Ghoul. Uh, Batman has been away and he has returned angrily. And uh, who better else to say when everybody else is saying, you know, I am Robin, I am Robin. And we have the snot nosed uh, Damien coming down going, I'm Robin, and doesn't really waste any time into a challenging Duke to a, a little bit of a foot race. And I'm being a little coy when I say foot race. Um, <laughs> So I thought that was really neat. Um, I have not been the biggest supporter of Jim Gordon Batman, so this is my f really first run around. Um, have they replaced the bat signal evidently, and it's being done by Blimp now? Uh, it looks like this is kind of like the bat cave for uh, Gordon, I would believe. If he's not in the GCPD, he has his own personal Blimp that he can kind of uh, jump out of the you know Blimp with. Uh, he arrives here. Uh, as the We Are Robins and Damien are kind of fighting together. And uh, the first meeting of the current Batman and Damien I thought was really <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the expression. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. It's like <laughs> three panels of him going, seriously? Yeah. Either that's <laughs> dad in a stupid robot outfit or there's some other knucklehead here. And I like that he doesn't know it's a Gordon at this point. So I thought that was... That was rather pretty cool. Okay. Uh, Damien takes uh, Gordon, uh, Robot, Batman down uh, fairly easy, and everybody's just kind of like, whoa, did you see him do that? That's pretty cool. And then we, of course, get uh, Red Hood and Red Robin showing up and Damien being almost less than happy to kind of see them uh, <laughs> at the same time, which, you know, uh, at least they're consistent with Damien, and I think that's something I, I kind of like about him. And we get the final few uh, panels with Dick Grayson, Agent 37, first Robin, then Nightwing, now Spy, and he's kind of doing some of his spiral work here. 
Hey, um, yeah. can I just stop you real quick? Go for it. I just wanted to jump in there with you. I, I really like how in that scene with uh, Damon, Jason, and uh, Tim, how they make Tim smart, but they also give him some humor, too. When uh, I love it. Damon says, oh, it's easy to kill Robin and easy to forget Robin. And Tim's <laughs> like, technically, you're both easy to kill Robin. I, thought, I, I laughed out loud at that. Yeah. That one was hilarious. And I like that Tim – I like that, that aspect of giving Tim some, some humor. Yeah. And not making him so smart that he's unrelatable, that he still knows. He's smart enough to know, well, you both have died. You know, that's that little that little jab, that little quick humor that kind of reminded me of kind of like a Peter Parker-ness that uh, Tim used to have. So I liked seeing that. Um, the big reveal here uh, towards the very end of it is, uh, like you alluded to, Terrence, the uh, gun store Robin. Uh, does not last very long. Uh, takes a nice little uh, sword to the back there, and uh, we see the Court of the Owls at the very end. And uh, I remember texting this uh, out to Olivia, like, "Have you read Robin uh, War Number One?" And seeing soon Nightwing will rise again, and seeing the Nightwing mask there. So I wanted to ask uh, a couple questions here. Um, do you think that Dick Grayson will become Robin again, or? Are they going to leave that, uh, send that off to somebody else? Like it's eventually going to weed down to be somebody like Duke Thomas, or it's going to be another We Are Robin, or so. Uh, Olivia, do you have any uh, thoughts about the whole Nightwing? Uh, you think he's going to be Nightwing again? Is that what you're asking? Well, do you think it's going to be Dick, or is it going to be somebody new? Hmm. I don't. Uh, I don't. I want to say I think it's going to be Dick, but I don't. I really don't think it, it is. I I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't feel like there's a nut. I know that the, obviously they're saying the Nightwing will rise again, but I think the whole that's since that was that's what they're trying to go for. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see another Nightwing. I, you know, I can't imagine who it would possibly be. We had a discussion on uh, Batman and Robin Eternal that uh, Luke has been a big fan of the Grayson series. He said, although while Grayson is doing fairly well, he's like, how long can you do the super secret spy when in the back of everybody's head, it's kind of like, okay, Grayson's cool, but when do we get Nightwing? When do we get Nightwing? So he was kind of under the opinion that um, Grayson has a shelf date and that Nightwing, Dick Grayson will be back. So uh, Terrence, do you have a... A thought at all on that? No, and I kind of like that I don't because I, I kind of don't know what's happening and I don't know, so I kind of like how it plays out. It, it seems kind of odd to me that the Court of Owls wants a new Nightwing and so obviously it's not they want a new hero. You know, they want someone they can control or someone, you know, to fight. So I don't know if they're trying to bring, um, you know, Dick Grayson back into the fold and the original plan to make him Italian or, or I'm not really sure, you know, what any of it is. And I kind of like that. I'm like, all right, well, let's go for the ride here and see. Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I hope they bring back Nightwing. I hope they have a new Nightwing, whether it's Dick Grayson or not. I know some people probably won't accept a new Nightwing. Uh, with anyone other than Dick Grayson, but, um, you know, I, I kind of always wanted, you know, I really like the Grant Morrison, Batman and Robin run. So I kind of like Dick Grayson when Dick Grayson was Batman, I was always hoping maybe Tim Drake would step up and be the Nightwing. Um, but I don't know. And I'm kind of interested. It's kind of got me hooked to find out. Where do you guys think the long term? Uh, 
with the first issue, I, it's, I know it's kind of a a real broad question to ask, but do you think there's going to be any major ramifications to any of the current ex- existing Robins at all, or is this just going to fall into the trope of we got this real big story, but it it ends and they fight the bad guys, they win, and then everybody goes back to their normal books and it's all said and done? Or do you think there's going to be a, a big reveal uh, in here? That's a good question. I'm, I feel like this story is kind of mostly to pull together the Robins and these new We Are Robin kids and like it's all about what, what kind of what being a Robin is. So I, I, I don't really know if it's so much about the bad guy as it is like what they're fighting for in general. So I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I even really expect it to be like a major, you know, like you always expect, I guess you kind of always expect that with like one of these kind of crossover events, like something's got to happen, but I don't know if I expect it to be something huge. More just celebratory. This is the 75th anniversary of Robin, and we're just going to write this really cool story to just celebrate all of that. And we'll have a little um, Jackie Van Dam martial arts thrown in here while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, we have to address this whole court of the owls wanting the Nightwing and stuff, but, you know, <laughs> we're, just wanting, we're here for some Robin action. That's right. Uh, Terrence, <laughs> any thoughts? You know, I, I think if anyone is going to come out of this series different, it might be Duke Thomas. Just because, you know, he's just a We Are Robin character and he's sort of, throughout several of these books, he's sort of become the lead and he's sort of teamed up with Dick Grayson throughout um, some of the issues. So if anyone might be different or, you know, have a change, it might be him. And I mean, I, I don't know, it'd be a stretch to think he would become the next Nightwing. But yeah. um, uh, I, I, I lean more towards this will be a cool event and it'll be a cool story but you know when the dust settles everything will just go back to normal um usually on the batman universe uh they rate their books uh four out of five batarang or four out of fives out of five batarangs uh just as an overall book uh where would you rate this uh book one through uh, five being great and uh one not so much um very highly i don't maybe Maybe four out of five, four, four and a half. I think it's a great introduction to this this new crossover, this whole event. Um, you, you get you know the introduction of all of the Robins that we know and love, and and then starting to interact with each other, and then we get you know the first introduction of them to the or what well, we're about to get, I guess, the new introduction of them to the we are Robins, Robins. There's got to be a better way to describe them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, see, I'd say it's a four, 4.5 maybe. Okay. Uh, Terrence. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, probably a four, maybe four and a half. It took me a while to get into it. Um, you know, the first couple pages, I kind of picked it up, started reading, put it down, picked it up, put it down. Um, almost felt like homework the first couple pages. Yeah. And then once you got to the part where, um, uh, Duke Thomas jumps off the bridge, then I was starting to get into it, and then it, it started to, you know, really rev up, and I was really enjoying it. And then you start introducing, you know, different characters one by one: Jason Todd, Tim Drake, you know, Damian Wayne. And so by the end of it, I was like, oh, this this is really good. So, um, and I liked, even though the beginning was kind of, I felt a little bogged down. Mm-hmm. I like that they just kind of 
did a lot of stuff quick and got it out of the way. Like they could have spent an issue or two on the Robin, uh, you know, uh, the passage of the Robin. Is it the Robin laws or the Robin? You know, um, yeah. And yeah. a lot of that stuff they could have really drawn it out, you know, and they just kind of got it out of the way quick. And so, um, yeah, no, I'll go four and a half on this one because it did. It made me want to read the rest of the series, and that should be the you know um, main objective of any part one of a story. So you'll go four and a half. Um, I'm in agreement with you guys. I thought this was a really good way to, to start it, and I, I was the same way. Um, it, it took me a while to read all these because I, like you said, it was like homework at most, and I thought it's got Robin on the title. I should have been reading this day one when it came out. But I think it w- I was shortly after the bridge jumping scene that I was like, all right, this is this is pretty cool. So I too am going to give it uh, four and a half. Um, I will slide uh, the next book over to uh, Olivia here, uh, Robin War Part Two, uh, Grayson Fifteen, and uh, you could take us through a little brief synopsis of this. Who's your tailor? I took the liberty, sir. What's that stand for? Robin. Alrighty. So hopefully I can do this justice. That's my first time giving a synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, yes, part two, uh, Grayson number 15. Um, we open with all of the little the Robin kids saying they're all Robin on this kid's cool. You know, you got the, the panels broken up and then instantly Damien, of course. No, you're not. <laughs> and so we we're here on uh, this. This part of the story is called the originals. We're obviously talking about uh, Dick and Jason and Tim and Damien at this point. So um, Dick is addressing a really quite large room full of Robins. And he's agreeing with Damien, saying, you know, he's right. <laughs> he doesn't want to say it, but, but he is. And it's basically that, you know, they they can be Robins, but they're not ready yet. They need to be trained, you know. And um, he gives his, his basically his story of, of how he was the first Robin, and he, you know, he bled for those colors. And uh, he he feels a responsibility to these Robins because he was the original. And he said, you know, they, there wouldn't be a Robin without him. Um, So he, yeah, he talks about when he first met Batman, man, he sees, he sees Batman smile for probably the last time. So he's talking about how they need training, they need discipline. And basically this is the introduction saying that they're going to be training them. Uh, Dick, Jason, Tim, and Damien are going to train these kids. So, He's saying, yeah, they're illegal. Um, and welcome to Robin's school is when, you know, you see the, that's when you're kind of got this confirmation. Okay. They're going to be trained. And I really like this like next sequence that you have of, you get each one of the original Robins training a group of the, we are Robin kids in their own way. So you start with Tim and he, he's handing these kids blindfolds and bow staffs and, you know, you have to, Make sure your eyes are covered. All I want you to see is darkness. And they're, you know, of course these kids are like, you know, what, why, why are we doing this? Basically, um, to be a Robin, you have to understand what you don't know, and then you must seek to know it. That's that's what Tim's going for. They're teaching the fights, and then I like how in each of these, in between like the fighting and the training, you get to see the, the originals, the four originals talking to each other about basically like 
why are we training them? Or is this, you know, what we should be doing? And I think it's interesting that you see, like, here you see this is Dick responding to Tim. He calls him Red. And, I, I, of course, I'm reading this. I'm going, how do you know which Red that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that they clarified it later. Yeah, so he calls he calls Jason Hood, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I, I just thought that was interesting. But um, so Tim is asking, we don't know anything about them. You know, how can we possibly train them? But Dick's saying, you know, that's why we have to train them. We need to find out what we can about them. So that's Tim's training session. And then you go into Jason's, which I really liked. <laughs> so did I. Um, uh, so he is not supposed to take them out of the tunnels. But, of course, you know, he is Jason. So he's going to rebel and, and he takes them up on a rooftop. And he wants he asks them to each get a wheel from uh, mobsters cars. <laughs> and one of the We Are Robin kids who is, you know, in the series that were, you know, the We Are Robin series, if you're reading it, this is Dax, I believe. Yeah. Um, he comes back with the steering wheel and a wheel attire because he wasn't sure which he was asking for, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, and then the, the little talk between the originals on this page is that we have uh, we have Jason. Um, you can throw whatever you want, but none of them are going to be Robin because you can't have Robin without Batman. Um, this is when he calls him Hood. Uh, you're right. I hadn't thought about it that way. We can't tra- we can't train these guys like Bats did with us. And he so even he's starting to sound a little unsure. And then you have Damien's training session. Who is, of course, he's just going to, you know, kick their asses. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. all he's going to do. Uh, you're a waste. You know, none of you are going to be Robin. Um, but the, what, this is. Rico? Is? Is. Uh, no. Is, is? Is Isabel? Or is he? I don't. Um, but she's, you know, she's standing up to him and she's, she's like, that's all you got. You know, she's ready to keep fighting and she calls him toddler wonder. Just <laughs> great. Cause she's, I'm sure she's a few years older than Damien. Yeah. Um, and then this one we have Damien saying you need strength and you need to be born with strength. You can't, you can't, it's in your blood or you're not, you can't teach it. And Dick doesn't agree. Um, because not everything is in how you're born. And he thinks that they can give them strength. So lastly, we have Dick, who is, of course, you know, training Duke because Duke, we, we've we kind of established at this point that he's, you know, the leader type and makes sense that, you know, you have the original Robin training this one, this this kind of standout leader Robin. And um, Dick's meeting with them, them one-on-one as opposed to in groups. So he asks Duke's name. He replies and asks what what Dick's name is, and he's, you know, evading the question. But Duke knows, and he calls him Dick Grayson, and, and Dick's like, do you know? Um, Nightwing looks like grown-up Robin. Nightwing is Dick Grayson. Nightwing dies. Now we get mysterious with, uh, mysterious you with your changing face and no name. So that's just how he puts together that Dick is Dick, obviously. <laughs> um, so they're fighting, and then in the center we have the original is manipulating us as if we don't know what he's doing. We're Robins. We know. Of course, this is Damien. Uh, Dick is not trying to be subtle. Uh, was the bat subtle? Is that what he was going for? No. No. So he's... We have... This continues... No, it doesn't. I'm lying. So that's the end of the fight with Duke. And then we go into... We have 
Batman. They had there's a Robin feed coming from the tunnels where they're training, and Batman is listening to the feed. He knows that they're training, but he doesn't know what for. And you're starting to get the idea here that uh, Batman isn't really on board with these Robin laws. We have the the best of the Robin bunch being chosen, and and you can see that it's basically all of the kind of standouts from the end of the training sessions with each of the original Robins. So each of them goes out with a different one of the originals for these missions. Um, and they're trying to figure out what information the cops have, what weapons they have, uh, trying to get a little information about the new Batman. And it is Isabella. Okay. That's her name. Yep. Good. <laughs> um, Dick has Duke with him and they're, perched nice and high up on a gargoyle and if you're reading we are robin you know duke doesn't like heights he's not too comfortable with this but uh they're waiting in the wings basically you know to see if anybody needs a backup is what it's what it looks like talking about patience but that's not what he's going for basically so you have so this is another funny moment for tim is he's with i don't know this robin's name uh dre is that dre i i think so I think so. Um, so he says, you like Lit- Litz? Is that right? Yeah. Um, and so Frank Litz, composer, you play the piano. I looked you up. This is typical in typical Tim fashion. And then Dre is asking, what? Are you trying to make small talk while we're breaking into a police installation? Shouldn't we be focused? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is this is more, you know, Tim's confident. He's he's not he knows what he's doing. Um, and this is when they start to get arrested. So you have. Tim and Dre getting arrested, you know, violation of the Robin laws. You have Red Hood and Dax. Next up, you have Damien and Isabella, who are there captured by Batman. And that's when Damien realizes that Dick was behind this. And it's, it's, it, does he say he betrayed us? Um, which I guess you could say is true, but, um, he's basically doing it for their protection to get them all, you know, he, I mean, so he thinks it was for their protection. Uh, they're all under arrest in the tunnels. Robin school sucks. <laughs> and so then you have Dick and Duke up on the gargoyle, and they're, they're, you know, they're found now. Hands up, you know, they're under arrest. And Dick says that he is, he knew, he knows they were coming. He, uh, he's, he, he, bought, he wanted them in jail and that he is going to, he didn't tell the others. And he's going to basically he's leaving. <laughs> he's jumping. Been keeping track of you for a while. I knew about you. I know about you and Heights. I'm guessing you're staying. So Duke is going to end up getting captured as well um, while Dick escapes, saying that being a Robin is about one thing, family. And he takes care of his family as he is jumping off the building, leaving Duke behind to get captured. And this is we end up we end on the. Uh, Statue, is this a statue of an owl? Yeah, yeah. And uh, just as we taught you, take care of your family, Nightwing. Always take care of your family. And then you see the, the owl mask out of the shadows. And we will always take care of you. And that wraps up that book. Uh, what did you guys think of... Now, it's been a while since I've read Court of the Owls. And I think, Olivia, you have read this a little more recently than Terrence and I have. But okay. I never got the impression that uh, the Court of the Owls 
ever really got a chance to train or do anything uh, with Dick Grayson at all. At about the time they were going to get ready to train uh, Dick, that's when his parents died, and then Bruce takes him. So I thought that was a little uh, odd in the writing here by uh, Jeff King. Uh, what did you guys think about that, um, Olivia? Oh, how they – because they're saying that we will uh, – just as we taught you. I right. got you. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. I, I, I kind of didn't – that didn't really register with me. Um, maybe there's something that we don't know about or, or some kind of – not really necessarily like a training with him, but some kind of influence that they could have had from the sh- – you know, like from the shadows. Right. I don't know. Because, um, yeah, it, 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 it was um, – Batman takes him in, and then, but he had the uh, the, the little owl thing in his in his tooth. Yeah, and that's not taken out until that quarter of the owl story when Batman like realizes. So, I, maybe there was some kind of something we don't know about yet. They must have. Now that I'm recalling that, they must have gotten to him at some point, and in order to put that tooth and that tracker in there, maybe it was yeah. like. Sending radio raves subliminally to to Dick. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what 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 did what did it do? It had something in it, right? Or like um, that that it wasn't like a was it a chemical? Something that was. Oh. It's, you know, it's, I just read this yesterday. <laughs> it's been so long, <laughs> and I was leaning on you, Terrence. Do you remember uh, it all? I mean, that's we're talking what three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, and uh, I just remember Bat or Bruce Wayne or Batman punching, you know, Dick Grayson. It like ended that, and then knocked out the tooth. And I, I never really liked that because I kind of, I don't know. I just like the idea of Dick Grayson being the circus kid, and it's just sort of a random, you know, event in life that Bruce Wayne was there the night he died and took him in. The whole trying to add, it's kind of like what they did with Jason Todd and his, you know, the Joker controlling his life and. All that retconning stuff kind of annoys me a little bit, so I I don't really remember, but I never really liked this whole uh, you know um, Dick Grayson was being groomed by the Court of Owls to you know be in a um, the next Talon before Batman rescued him. Um, so I probably blocked it out of my mind. I did like if I can jump in uh, yeah. in this issue. My biggest one of my biggest complaints about comics ever is that they're just so predictable, you know, the stories, everything. And I did not see it coming that no. Dick Grayson was the one who was sending the signal to um, Batman and that Dick Grayson was the one who, you know, got them all captured. So right. I thought even though I thought I did not like that and I did not like him for doing that. And, and I, I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> I like that. I didn't see it coming. I like that. I was like kind of shocked by it. And, and I was for a minute because one of the. Um, radio signals that uh, Batman's listening to is like just the four um, or is it, uh, Robins talking. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Because my first thought was that it was one of the We Are Robins because there's like hundreds of them in that tunnel that was sort of the police informant. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. How would they have access to the private conversation of the four of them? And then the turn that it was Dick Grayson, I really was did not see – and I like the the pages aren't numbered, so I'm not sure what page it is, but it's like right next to the Batman Europa ad. The um, light shining on Dick Grayson and uh, Travis, uh, and it's very reminiscent of like the Batman Robin with the spotlight, which has been done a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Where you know, and I thought that was kind of a cool homage to the, that classic Batman and Robin um, 
cover, which makes me kind of that artwork makes me think that maybe they've got a little more in store for Travis. Is it? No, it's not Travis. Duke. It's Thomas, right? Duke. Duke Thomas, yeah. Duke Thomas. I, Travis is the other guy who gets killed. There's yeah. nothing more in store for that guy <laughs> except yeah, no, the trip no. to the morgue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do have my uh, Batman Court of Owls uh, Volume that's, 1 uh, hardcover. That's what I have in my hands right now. And okay. I'm, I'll, I'll let you take it. <laughs> uh, so the little thing in the tooth, it, Batman says that it's he finds a significant amount of electrum, which is a, chem, you know, a chemical that I guess is what the, the thing is made out of. But mm-hmm. does that really address what it's doing? So, cause, cause Could it possibly have been something that's transmitting so, something through? That yeah, they're transmitting yeah. through the two. It sounded it's like up. he said it all, it all it needed was a shock. Like I don't know if he meant like literal shock, like a volt right. of electricity or yeah. whatever That's it was sweet. to to hardwire. So. Um, uh yeah 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 I see what you're saying. But then I also what is what's strange is that when he's explaining to Dick, what you know that he slaps it out of him, he says <laughs> that you know they. Every decade, Haley Circus presented a crop of child athletes to the court, and the members chose one in secret to be trained as that era's talent. You were meant to be the most recent one. But when your parents died and you took me in... So it it almost sounds like he's saying that he was supposed to be the next one, but he wasn't. But so then when did they put the thing in his tooth? I I don't know. I, it's weird. Yeah. And that was something I'm I'm sure I had a comment on way back when when Terrence and I were part of the Bat Fans podcast and we were talking about it but I I don't know I, maybe that was just something if he, they were being groomed maybe it was something because uh, uh, Haley of Haley Circus was kind of helping the court along so maybe at some point you know maybe when Dick's getting you know his wisdom teeth fixed or he's just getting his <laughs> dental checkup uh, there's a, a I'm doing air quotes, a court appointed doctor <laughs> that's, that's doing, Oh, Hey, you have a cavity and I, I've got to, I've got to do this until such time that you're ready. So I don't know if that's trying to really think that far out of the box, but um, yeah, I, I yeah. not really entirely sure. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, with that, we will go right into uh, part three of Robin war into Batman detective comics. Uh, Terrence, why don't you uh, uh, take us out of this one? One day, you may face such a moment of crisis, and in that moment, I hope you have a friend like I did. To plunge their hands into the filth, so that you can keep yours clean. Your hands look plenty filthy to me, Commissioner. Yeah, sure, and I'll kind of give a quick synopsis of this, because I felt like this issue was kind of filler. Um, And I looked it up, and the original solicitations had Tomasi and I forget who, a different artist for this. Mm-hmm. And then this is Fox here and Pooh, I guess, or P-U-G-H, Pooh. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Pooh. It's like, uh, yeah. Um, and so I don't know if they were called, I don't know if that was just a mistake on the solicitations or they were called to do this one fast. And, you know, the art is good. The art didn't look rushed or, or sloppy to me. Um, the story though did seem, really stretched out over an issue. So it starts off with uh, Dick Grayson fighting the uh, Jim Gordon um, Batman um, without the armor, just in his black capeless um, sort of bat ninja outfit. And it's two pages of him fighting and really nothing happens. Uh, And then it flashes to one hour earlier with Gordon talking to Bullock um, 
And it's kind of, I kind of like the new Gordon Bullock dynamic after watching Gotham so much. I kind of, <laughs> kind of have that backstory in mind as them like partners together, even though I know that's not in the comic. That's kind of how I see it. It sets up that there's a new prison structure called the cage um, that obviously here has got the court of owls all over it. There's owls inside the prison. Um, and um, you can see these big owl structures and everything. And Gordon kind of sees it, and Bullock and him are not too happy about it. But they've got all the Robins in the cage, which I thought was odd at first because they're all in their costumes. And I would think that they would, you know, um, try to get them in prison, you know, outfits or something in case of hidden weapons or or things like that. Um, and so then there's a little bit of banter between the, the the different Robins trying to, you know, just see who's who and what's what and um, really doesn't move the story along at all. It just kind of, just like I said, just kind of like filler. Um, and so then Gordon, I guess, decides to go to see the councilwoman um, and try to figure out, you know, maybe a little more what's going on here. And Damien has a plan to get out, which involves some kind of like little explosive tiny batarang um, hidden in his mask that he's going to use. And so then Gordon heads out, flies to the uh, councilwoman's uh, apartment, which Dick Grayson is already there. And so right away they get into a big fight. And it's, let's see, one page of fighting, two page of fighting, three page of fighting. Um, and, and it's not even resolved. It's just, you know, Gordon takes off the mask, shows off his mohawk. And it's like, oh, it's me, Jim Gordon, just a lot younger and beefier than ever before. Uh, and so then... Uh, you go back to the Robins and he throw. Uh, I'm sorry, he, uh, Damien throws his little explosive batarang. So it's taken, I wish, uh, four, five, six. Let's see, let's, I'm going to count here for a second. From back before the fight, he starts to take off his mask. That's one panel. Two, three, four, five, six panels to get the little explosive ready. And then another seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven panels till he finally throws the little thing to hit a barrel of explosives, which just, you know, because every prison has these barrels of explosives lying around. Of and at first, yeah, I thought maybe it was like some design that they were going to blow up this facility to try to kill all the Robins or something. Um, but then I guess that was Damien's plan, too. So, um, <laughs> so after all those panels, it just turned out that they had some kind of foam device cannon set up um in front of the barrels which um neutralized the explosion so all, all that for nothing um which then in come the police and I that well maybe we should take their uniforms off and get them down and all that um and then um then finally we, we go back to gordon and uh dick grayson who then realized that you know they should stop fighting each other so that whole fight which was kind of just meaningless is even more meaningless because now they're gonna go search the councilwoman's um apartment they do have a little a little back and forth a little bit of sort of like oh remember the good old times when i was robin and all that kind of stuff and you know um it's not nothing major they they go back to the um the cage and panels to reveal the end where you have the court of owls show up at the cage and they realize the court of you know the robins realize the court of owls are behind this so um you know overall i, I thought the art was really good and you know I, I was you know like the art story-wise it was nothing bad there's nothing where i'm like oh this is awful it just like I said, seemed like filler, drawing stuff out, you know, taking 11 panels to do something they could have done in two. Um, and really, as far as the Robin War story, 
didn't really move it along or, or there were no major reveals. Um, you know, Grayson and, and, um, Gordon now know the councilwoman's involved, but we knew that from like the first couple pages from part one. And now the Robins know that the Court of Owls are involved, but we knew that from the cover of <laughs> Robin War number one. So as far as the reader goes, nothing, no major revelations or anything like that. It did set up though nicely. We are Robin number seven part four which i did like a lot so yeah i was very forgiving and i read these one after another so it was kind of forgivable because it was just like all right just by the time i was reading four and the um the tim drake uh jason todd fight i'd completely forgotten about three so you know overall i felt it was filler How, what did you guys think olivia yeah, it's interesting because I I think because I kind of read the books like right in succession, I didn't really notice like it wasn't very clear like here's the start of a book and here's the end of a book and and so uh, now as we went through that I was like wow that really really wasn't that good you know useful of an issue. <laughs> um, I can definitely agree with you there. Um, no, the art was good though. I mean, all of these books have had really really good art and it's all different artists, so it's it's really nice to see. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah. I I feel like this would have doesn't this doesn't feel like um a main like Robin Moore issue. It feels more like a tie-in. Yeah, that's, like, ex- that's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. I felt like this should have had tie-in on it. Um, and just we'll get to it eventually here. But I felt like what little bit is in Red Hood and Arsenal felt like more of the main story than what uh Detective did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think you. Uh, capsulated that uh, perfectly, Terrence. If you guys want to, we can just jump right into Robin War Part 4, and we are Robin number 7. Sure. Um, this one I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, front to back, um, and I think it was kind of solicited uh, early on uh, with just this cover here of uh, Jason and Tim kind of duking it out, and uh, I think initially I thought if I was going to see a Robin fight, it probably would have been Damien, and Tim fighting here, um, and just seeing the relationship that uh, they've kind of flipped it in the New 52, where uh, Jason and Tim very much get along, and they are um, as close to brothers as they possibly could be, more so than I think Tim and uh, Dick were. Um, we kind of open up here in the very beginning, uh, which uh, is Dick on the trapeze, and we're getting more of the uh, Gordon-Grayson uh, uh, relationship here, which um, I've got to say is probably my least favorite thing out of the series so far. Um, I, I think it's the thing that I feel is most forced uh, in here. Uh, I can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I feel like we have to do the, okay, well, Batman and Grayson have to work together and... Um, I, I just I really really have a hard time believing uh, Gordon as Batman, and uh, I just don't see Commissioner Gordon uh, eating a bunch of whole like a Turbo Weight Gain four thousand to bulk <laughs> up and shave yeah. his head, and uh, he's got to be in his you know sixties and he's scaling walls. I mean, I probably could believe it a little bit more if he's in his robot bat suit, but with him just in his black suit here. Like I said, I haven't been reading the Batman title, so somebody could be uh, saying, oh, they're doing a really good job over there. But just in this, I I feel like this is the part that's uh, kind of forced here and that Gordon has to save uh, Grayson from falling off the side of the building. And I'm going, I think that should have been the other way around, that Grayson is having to save Gordon. But 
Um, I'm probably just nitpicking here. Uh, they're going through the councilwoman's uh, uh, house here or her uh, apartment, I believe. That this is what it is, and they're finding uh, plans here, and uh, the plans are not lining up for the facility that you know Gordon. Uh, I believe he says here that he's kind of seen these before, but um, he says, I, I don't want to think that it's designed for an official use here. So whatever plans are being drawn up, he can kind of tell right away that this this is not something that should be uh, sanctioned here. So we have, uh, of course, we have the owls here that Dick can uh, kind of clearly see. And uh, says, I think uh, the gray son of Gotham uh, has an appointment with some birds. So this is where Gordon and uh, Grayson kind of uh, go their separate ways. And we're right back to the, which I'm calling the bird cage. Uh, <laughs> the entire time I was reading this, I'm thinking of the Nathan Lane, Robin Williams movie, <laughs> the, bird, <laughs> the, the bird cage. So I don't know why I chuckled every time I saw the bird cages here. I was just kind of waiting to see Robin Williams come in and do his little uh, shtick there. So, um, Duke and Damien's relationship, I I really started to like in this issue out of the whole panels here that Damien is very, very focused on what he's doing. And I like the um, – what I want to call the overdubs or the, the thought balloons from Duke as he's kind of seeing Damien go through the paces. And he's quickly uh, seeing that uh, no matter how old or young the other Robins are, he can kind of quickly piece together – this is just not some cool little club. We're going out and busting some guys, uh, robbing a grocery store. That there is some definite skill that each one of the Robins has, and this is not fun and games. And then, of course, we're drawn to the main event of Red Robin and Red Hood getting ready to fight. And I almost got a sense of like joy out of Damien, like cool. One of the two of them is going to get killed, and I don't like either of them. So if they aren't going to fight, the court's going to kill both of them, and then there's only going to be two Robins left. So I didn't know how to take that at first, but later on um, it kind of uh, turns on itself here. So the court is basically telling uh, Red Robin and Red Hood, uh, you two have to fight, and if you're not going to fight, then we're going to kill all of them. But congratulations, whichever one wins, you get to be part of the Court of the Owls, and you're going to be our next uh, person here, and it's a fight to the death. And uh, Duke's... Uh, kind of like oh they're not going to do it there's there's no way they're going to do it and uh jason or jason damien is kind of like only one of them is a killer in that next panel is jason that really kind of me kind of had me going for a second like yeah oh crap you know uh if i can use a superman analogy in, in a batman superman fight superman's not going to kill but if the only way batman can win uh is to try and do that so i thought well crap dick's or uh tim's gonna be the superman in this role he's definitely not going to uh sink to the low of killing uh jason and jason would have no problem with that and i love the look of uh red robin and red hood and tim puts his hand right over his heart and i i read that and see what you guys thought that that is the read to the reiner reiner Reader. <laughs> said That's we- exactly what I thought. Reader the Reader. Reader the Reader. <laughs> it's weird. No wonder we get along so well in these podcasts. That's right. It's like, uh, that it's all sick. about heart with the Robins. So, and the, the panel that I was talking about with Damien, his eyes are wide open at the bottom of that panel. He's holding on there. So I don't know if that look is supposed to be out of fear, like which one's going to die, or if he's like, oh, thank God, one of them's going to die. So I didn't know which way to get that look, but. Um, uh, we go through their whole fight here. There's a lot of flipping and kicking and Jean-Claude Van Damme and Jackie Chan going on here <laughs> between the two of them. Um, 
and uh, and a really cool moment here uh, as we kind of go through some of the panels uh, rather quickly rather than just, you know, all the fights. It's kind of hard to say, okay, in this fight, there's an elbow. In this fight, there's a knee to the groin, you know. Um, we have uh, Duke saying here a few pages later, uh, holy, you know, dot, dot, dot. They are going to actually, they're trying to kill each other. And Damon's like, huh, can't believe it. So I'm almost seeing a little bit of joy uh, out of Damien. And then uh, Jason, in one move, grabs a hold of Tim's arms, swings him around, and kicks him uh, in the back to launch him forward. And Damien knows quickly right now, you know, they're pulling a Grayson. So Damien tells Duke to put his arms outside the cage real quick. They catch Tim, flip him up to the next set of... uh, This whole entire sequence, I thought, just flows really, really well. So I want to give props to... uh, Was it D... Uh, D.D., not going to pronounce that name. There's a lot of consonants in here in his name. So uh, you at home, you can sound that name out for yourself because I'm going to butcher it. Meanwhile, back to the action. Uh, We have uh, Tim going between the two cages and uh, swinging one over. Jason is able to get a cage open. And now all of the Robins are loose uh, down to the ground uh, with Red Hood and Red Robin as they're trying to make their escape and uh, take on the rest of the Court of the Owls. And uh, they uh, looks like they the whole team of Robins, which is a really cool panel of them all just jumping on their backs and their heads, uh, seeing Red Hood and Red Robin fight together side by side. Um, I love the exchange between the two of them where Jason says, I was wondering when you were going to make uh, yourself useful. If it weren't for keeping count, that last stunt just put me over the top or firmly over the top. And <laughs> Jason has to get one little dig in, says uh, Dick probably would have done it in less time. Almost like, yeah, you were you were milking this just a little bit too much here. Um, and then it ends with uh, all of the Robins racing to the roof to see what I'm assuming is Lincoln March. Uh, Bruce Wayne's quote-unquote brother, uh, head of the Talons, which that's a whole other discussion for later, um, at the top of the roof of uh, what I'm assuming is the you know the birdcage layer, um, and he says, "You are all about to die." Um, and Duke says his last words are, "Before everything else, uh, before I lose everything else here." And uh, the next podcast we will continue on with um, the next part of the Robin War, but we've got a couple tie-ins. So. That was the whole thing. Uh, Terrence, what did you think about We Are Robin Part 4 of uh, the Robin War story? Yeah, I liked it. You know, I thought you mentioned about the um, pointing to the chest. One of my favorite movies is Road to El Dorado, and in Mm. that they they do this thing where they'll get into a fight, but it's just a misdirection to get out of trouble or to, you know, fight the the other guy. And uh, immediately I thought of that. Like, I thought, oh, they're going to pretend to fight but it's it's going to be part of an escape plan so i thought that like pointing to the heart or pointing to the chest was some kind of signal of like what plan they were doing or what their um strategy would be because even jason todd kind of gives a little smirk and you know the books kind of blend in so i think some of it's mentioned in the red hood arsenal Mm tie-in and some of this you know i always thought like um you know jason had it rough because he's taken over for Dick Grayson, like the best Robin, the the Robin. He's got to f- fit this mold that you know uh, Dick created, and Batman's looking at him to be that. And Tim had it easy because he took over for the psycho failure Robin, you know, the guy who failed, you know. Um, but in this, it, it's kind of like Tim is a little has a lot more respect for Jason, and in this and in the Red Hood tie-in, which really is 
like 90% an Arsenal story, which has right. nothing to do with Robin War. It's like three pages um, of Robin War. But it's more like Jason, uh, I mean, Tim is more like, well, I, I was kind of intimidated. I had to take over for the Robin who sacrificed his life to be a Robin, like who gave his, you know, gave his all. And I, that was kind of a new take, a new perspective um, that I had never really had seen. And uh, I, I almost feel like Jason's kind of, you know, Jason's original thought on Tim would be like, oh, well, you know, I was replaced by you. But here he's kind of like, hey, man, we're we're brothers. We we both had to live up to Dick Grayson. We both had to deal with Bruce Wayne, you know. And so I kind of I really like the direction they're going in that relationship with uh, Tim and Jason um, as opposed to being more brothers than adversaries. And I did like the uh the escape i like the acrobatics i liked how they did all that and um it kind of i like the ending and it makes me want to read uh, you know the next part so um overall i, I thought this was a, a good rebound and, and a good um after three which i was not too happy with i thought four was a good bounce back excellent uh, olivia what did you think about uh robin war part four uh, no, I agree. This was definitely um, a step up over the part three, looking at it now kind of in a row. Um, I, I agree with you about the kind of the whole thing with like Dick and and Batman, well, Gordon Batman. It's just <laughs> I don't I don't eh. it's like meh. All right. Skip, skip, skip through that. OK. And then we're back in the, the birdcage. And um, I, I have to say, I, too, was like reading it. Um, and I was like, well, OK, are they going to fight like what? <laughs> to the death what what no 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 and I, and looking at Damien's face like through the first read it was kind of like he was like are they gonna are they gonna fight <laughs> like he kind of felt like us but then looking at it again having read it and knowing what happens you can kind of follow Damien's faces and and see where he's kind of like oh I know what they're doing like they're gonna do they're gonna pull a grace and like he's realizing it right before he says that in the on the page beforehand mm-hmm. I can't believe it. <laughs> I think that's when he's like, "Oh, I gotcha." Yeah, and yeah. it's really cool. It really is cool to see this dynamic between Jason and Tim, and in the fighting and in the like kind of brotherhood that we also see in uh, Red Hood Arsenal. Um, it, it's I, I do I, I really like that. So this was a good issue. Um, and it's funny that you 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 mention um, like Lincoln March because I. I only read Quarter of the Owls. I didn't read <laughs> the second trade. And Darn I, I kind of knew that because, you know, it's been um, five years or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I I just, you know, just met Lincoln March, the guy running for mayor. So it's weird to, like, I don't know how it, we find out who he really is yet because I didn't read the second trade. <laughs> you know, uh, when, uh, when I was doing the synopsis, when he said, hey, I read Quarter of the Owls, I'm thinking – did she read the trade that I set her only, or did she pick yes. up the second? So as I'm saying it, I'm going, uh, I wanted to go, okay, Olivia, <laughs> mute your earphones really quick because I'm going to spoil something. Um, and I, I'm, it's been a while since I've seen uh, the Lincoln March character, and I think his mask was different, and something happens to him later in the story. I'll let you figure that out for yourself. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure if that's who this is. Or if it's somebody that replaces him. So right. I, I, I'm going to preface it by saying I think it's him, but the costume is kind of like that, but it's it's not. So And maybe that's supposed to be the 
the thing that's throwing us, the reader, off that those of us that have read the whole Court of the Owls are going, oh, that's who that is, and maybe it's going to be the, you know, da da da. It's not who that is. So uh, right. it's it's a guess. Okay. Well, we'll see, and I guess I'm going to have to finish this whole story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I you know when I asked you uh, to do this, it was kind of like, hey, it's pretty cool, and then you must have had this look of like, oh, they're going to be fighting the – uh, talons. That's like, oh crap! Now I gotta yeah. read Court of the Owls. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny too because I, I kind of wonder why they did that. Like, why, why were they so um, explicit about like showing us on the covers? Like, this is obviously has to do with Court of the Owls. Like, I feel like they could have, you know, just done kind of more generic looking covers, and then it would have been more of a surprise, like who the bad guy was, like yeah. reading into it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we really didn't talk about the covers uh, in this at all. Um, Aside from Detective Comics, mm-hmm. um, Gotham Academy, I think that's it. Oh, and Red Hood. Um, all the other main covers have the owls, uh, the, the Talon masks on them. I would have totally thought we would have got an issue. I think the Lieber Mayho um, alternate cover, you have like half of the Robins on one side, half of the Robins on the other. Right. Like I think it's Dick and Damien on one side and Red Hood and Red Robin on the other and then a mix. That's kind of what I was expecting of the covers of like, okay, in this one, it's going to be Duke and Red Hood fighting. And this cover, it's going to be so-and-so with the Robin War. But uh, instantly tying it into the Court of the Owls, it kind of it kind of takes the fuel away out of the story unless yeah. that's going to be one of the things we get at the very end, that it's, it's a misdirect. Right, but right. I feel like there's nothing to – that's like spoiling The Empire Strikes Back for somebody and saying – you know, before the movie starts, hey, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Okay, now watch it. You know, uh, I yeah. kind of feel that way, but um, that's so, why I kind of said like I, it's. I think it's kind of more about the Robins than it is like who they're fighting. Yeah. I mean, they kind of just give that away, or unless there is a big twist at the end that we don't know. Yeah, and I think that's the the cool thing that it that we said earlier. It's more the celebratory of the 75th anniversary of. Uh, Batman and Robin Eternal is more Dick Grayson's 75th anniversary, as I feel this is Robin's 75th anniversary. So, You are never going to win, Nigma. Tut-tut, Batman. In your incessant quest for justice, you've just deprived this city of its one true genius. I'm sure we'll cope. Cope, yes, but also regress. My puzzles are the whetstone with which to sharpen your, your intellect. Riddles are a cruel <sighs> Keep me in here and let your mind turn to mush. Just like Gotham's it will course. be all the easier when we reconvene. Um, we'll kind of go through. We've kind of mentioned it before with Gotham Academy, um, and I can see why uh, the main uh, comic podcast is not covering these books specifically for just because there is very. Um, Red Hood and Arsenal will save that for last. That has more We Are Robin content than Gotham Academy does, and that's yeah. not saying a lot. I like the banter between the two. Um, I'm just briefly going to go through Gotham Academy here uh, really quick. Tim, you'll be running Gamma. Me? Dick, I've never led a squad before. Making this a good opportunity to get your feet wet as a field leader. Because it's Gamma and you're not expecting trouble? Or because we're stretched thin and you have no choice? Just don't die, okay? And no unnecessary risks to the squad. That's an order. 
it's more just a setup of what's going on. This uh, chronologically, I think this this story actually takes place before the events in Detective Comics. Right. Um, and actually, I think it kind of goes back an issue before that. I really feel this should probably come after um, Robin War Number One, as the phone call that Duke is making is with one of the characters in this book. Uh, right. towards the very end. Um, this is just a... If you've been reading Gotham Academy, this is a really cute little book that I think this is more geared towards the younger readers um, that are just kind of getting into comics, and you will have... Um, they make mention that Red Robin has recently uh, come in contact with one of the Gotham Academy students. Um, Bruce Wayne has been there in the very beginning. Damien has had his moment with... Um, well, now twice, spoilers, at the very end. Um, and that's where I was trying to – I'm a continuity junkie, so I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, where is this at? Damien can't show up here at the end of the book after Detective Comics because by Detective Comics, he's already in the birdcage. So that's kind of where – and that's the thing with the tie-ins. It's like, oh, here's a little something that's dealing with the Robin War, and it's literally like – Two panels. So um, the long and the short of this is uh, the kids at Gotham Academy come across a talon uh, that was buried um, outside of the greenhouse and through a series of events, I think, by Kirk Langstrom, which I thought was kind of cool that he's here in Gotham Academy. Um, Some experiments he was doing uh, and the electricity that was kind of running through the ground, that kind of woke up this talon. So you have a new recruit um, into Gotham Academy that her parents said, with all this Robin War stuff going on, we're going to throw you into here. And her name is escaping me at the moment. This one's Rico. Rico, that's right. Um, So she's here, and uh, Maps, I think that's a cute little name. (laughs) Uh, She she wants to be Olive's best friend, but now that Rico's here, it's like, oh, now we're going to be buddies. But then at one point she was upset that Rico was going to be uh, Olive's uh, new uh, roommate, so I thought that was a cute little dynamic. Uh, leading, like, literally the breadcrumbs and candies and potato chips and nuts. Like, this is going to be brain food. Since zombies like to eat brains, they do this little, you know, trap to try and catch what they think is a zombie. I think for us, the readers, we find out it's a uh, a talon. And it took me a little bit to figure out that it was a talon. Once I saw the knives coming across the chest, and I mm-hmm. looked at my action figure across the room, I'm like, oh, <laughs> duh, knives. And then uh, this talon uh, seems more like a pet, like it was not fully formed and maps wants to keep it as a pet and i i, I thought that was was really this was a, this was a fun read i thought um yeah. as far as the robin war not so much other than a phone call and then damien showing up at the very end here um right. i've only read uh three issues the damien issue red robin issue and now this one um so if somebody's out there going, oh, hey, do I need to pick up uh, Gotham Academy for Robin War? No, but it it had Robin War on, on the top of it, so um, I felt the need to pick it up, and I felt the need to make these other two <laughs> pick the book. <laughs> well, pick I love book. Gotham Academy, so I don't mind. Um, yeah. And it's this, a huge title. Yeah, this makes me want to read Gotham Academy. The the first book I thought was really cute. Uh, the Damien book I really liked and the Red Robin. And now this one, I'm like, maybe I had to kind of jump on this series. Uh, what did it, you think of this just as a, a story overall? It's cute. It was a cute little <laughs> kind of you, while you're, you know, you're in the Robin War zone. You kind of read this. It's like, oh, this is a cute little story. And, and 
um, it, it, it fills in that gap of the phone call, you know, that other end of the phone call, but it's not like you really need it to, to know what's going on. But it, what it does is it, it explains how Rico ends up in the birdcage, even though she wasn't, you know, involved with the rest of the Robin kids yeah. when they were all arrested. So that's, the, that's really the only tie-in it has. And, well, Damien showing up. But... Mm. Yeah, I mean, that that's the oh. book in a nutshell. Yeah. I, I, the, the little end piece with Damien, he says he's hidden some special gear around the campus. When the time comes, I'll be in touch. It's interesting because that's not going to... Like they're not going to have a second issue of Gotham Academy that ties in, right? So no, and unless they, it's going to be in the final um, Robin War, you know, number two, that all of a sudden they activate Gotham Academy protocol or something like that. But yeah, the the next tie-in book is Teen Titans, and it's more right. of an aftermath book. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. Um, yeah, you know, we haven't been doing the the batarang, you know, rating system on the books. Um, but right. this this one as a uh, just as a book in and of its own, I thought it was really good. It was a solid, you know, three or four, just a cute story. But as a tie-in book, uh, n- it's not necessary, not at all. Right, right. I, I totally agree. Yep. I had to take him down. You shattered his collarbone. He's a drug dealing pimp. I didn't think I had to prop up some pillows before I took him out. We needed him. He would have talked, but you put him into shock. Sorry. That was dumb. But he deserved it. Um, the last book we have here for uh, tonight is uh, Robin War tie-in, Red Hood and Arsenal. I had to take him down. You shattered his collarbone. He's a drug-dealing pimp. I didn't think I had to prop up some pillows before I took him out. We needed him. He would have talked, but you put him into shock. Sorry. That was dumb. But he deserved it. Um, written by the wonderful Scott Lobdell. Um, <laughs> uh, don't mean to poo-poo over somebody's work, but uh, he's just one that has just been, I don't know, it's been kind of rough. Um, Olivia, I'll let you take this one. And <laughs> just for the sake of time and story content, let's only just focus on uh, Jason and uh, Tim's uh, little bit that we have here. Because like we said earlier, um, it's basically just uh, Arsenal and uh, Joker's daughter kind of running, running through the circus. And I, I feel like I'm not going to, but I feel like in order to understand that story, I need to go back one or two issues to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I saw Joker's daughter and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, and like oh. you took out Starfire out of this book to give her her own book, which I, I hear is, is decent. Yeah. But you throw in the Joker's daughter as a consolation prize? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so we'll take a look um like you said it is mostly uh arsenal but we we do open with a shot of red hood and he's saying how he's been trying to get out of town but he keeps getting dragged back in for this reason that reason and now he's here for robin war um but he's he's trying to communicate to arsenal telling him how do i put this without hurting his feelings he says no about ten thousand ways and uh <clears throat> He doesn't want him to come to Gotham, basically, is, is, is the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, then we go over to... Yeah, he's just telling Arsenal to stay away, keep busy with her Joker's disorder, and then you have that. So then we have... I think it's funny that they say, elsewhere in Gotham, the Bowery, and I'm like, 
the Bowery. Like they have a Bowery in Gotham because there's Bow- the Bowery in New York City. <laughs> well, and it's um, funny, uh, the Bowery, uh, just to kind of tie in, uh, in the Arkham series, the Bowery plays a big location uh, in the video game series. So I half wonder if that was like, hey, all you Arkham fans out there, I'm going to throw this out there. So that made me perk up and go, oh, they're in the Bowery. That's kind of where uh, the Penguin uh, has been hiding out lately. So I, I liked that. That's cool. Okay, so then we have Tim coming in. There you are. How's it going? Uh, the only member of the Bat family that doesn't make me throw up a little when I see him. <laughs> That's real nice, Jason. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, this, you have Tim saying that the situation on the streets is only getting worse, and that's where they tell you, by the way, this is a Robin War tie and Go read Robin War. Um, <laughs> they show a shot of uh, Travis and when he's in the convenience store. JCPD uh, is not making it easier. So this is where you get you start to get a little bit of a dynamic between the two of them with uh, – with Jason's saying that they're both outsiders in a family of outsiders because they're, they're, they're numbers two and three. Um, they, they're following up behind Dick as Robin. Um, they spend their lives never being number one. So they, they have that in common. Uh, you go back to Arsenal. We're going to skip over that. And back over here. <laughs> um, we were them once, weren't we? Uh, you know, talking about uh, being, you know, their time as Robin. Um you get a nice shot here of Jason when he was Robin with Batman <clears throat> and he's, he's just kind of talking about like Batman and uh, what, what, how, how he kind of taught them about being a Robin and, and what, so he, he says, uh, I never graduated high school, but somehow he managed to cram in enough knowledge that I was a walking CSI team by the time I was 17. I thought uh, that was cool. Yeah. I really like this shot of him in the suit. He looks so happy and, you know, young. And this is cool. New 52 uh, Robin suit. Um, I think it's interesting. This is just a little aside that his suit had uh, short sleeves, but coming for after Dick, who had the long sleeves in the new 52. Yeah. Which I always thought was interesting because it was in pre new 52. They both had the short sleeves. And then Tim is the one who's like, Bro, I need long sleeves and I need long pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't um, need to be in my underwear. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not gonna work for me. <laughs> um, so never gonna be Dick. He, he tell talking about how you know he got crowbarred crowbarred by crowbarred. That's a verb. Yeah. By the Joker. <laughs> um, came back from the dead. Yeah, and this is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, when he, you know, he. Maybe a part of me wanted to pick up where I left off, but you were there, a new Robin. And he's he's looking at uh, when Tim was Robin with Batman. And it probably hurt even worse that you were so good at it that you made it look easy. I, I love that shot down here where he's yeah. dropped the binoculars and you could just see the silhouette of him and his teeth. And, um, yeah, yeah I, I, that kind of makes me go, oh, Lobdell, don't make me feel for your writing. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know it was Lobdell that wrote this issue. Like, I, I didn't notice until Terrence said so. And I'm like, mm, yeah, this is pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. I got to give him some credit. Like, there were a handful of Teen Titans issues and Red Robin, or Red Robin, um, Red Hood and the Outlaws that I was like, that's not bad. And then yeah. there'd be like three clunkers. So, anyway, I'll let you continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, suddenly he wasn't a Robin, he was just some screw up. Um, 
And Tim tells him that he doesn't, he never wanted to replace him, which Jason eventually figured out. Um, you know, they're both, they were both under pressure filling the shoes of Robin after Dick had originated it. Um, and Tim, this is where Tim explains his whole Red Robin naming, which is like probably the third, re- third different way we've heard it yeah. <laughs> since the new 52 started. But, yes. uh, you had me too intimidated to even call myself a Robin, so I took the name Red Robin instead. And even Red Hood, that is why you called yourself Red Robin? For real? Which... <laughs> I'm speaking for all of us. Yeah, I, I thought that was Lobdell going, okay, yes, I know, you guys have a problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you made the danger real. It wasn't it about being a sidekick. Um, this is all this is all really good stuff. No, I'm like looking at it again. And I love the, the fist bump at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, two steaming buckets of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's probably my takeaway line uh, from this right here. Yeah, this is this is really they they have a, a really nice dynamic in this whole Robin War story. Um, and we go back to Arsenal and you know care about Joker's daughter and they have this fight and um um, um, um do we get more? No, I think that's it. The last time we see. Uh, uh, Red, Red Hood is at the very end. Yep. So, I mean, yep. uh, the cover is very misleading. Uh, that's uh, definitely Damien's boot standing on um, Jason's uh, helmet yeah. uh, with I the th- wonderful art by Kenneth Rockefort, who doesn't appear in the interior. Right, right. Yeah, that's weird. Why did that, Why is that the cover? I have no idea. I, this was the early solicit. And matter of fact, this was a solicit to kind of – uh, the early solicit for the Robin War outside of the main Robin War uh, title uh, cover with the Court of the Owls. And then I was thinking, oh, this is going to be the Damien and a Red Hood fight issue. And no, not the case. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is kind of going to go with Gotham Academy. I, I like this one more so just because I think it gives uh, more credence uh, to the fight. Uh, again, I think... Out of continuity, I think this one also needs to happen before all of the Robins get captured, that you have Jason and Tim having this moment here, so it makes their fight, it makes telegraphing their fight, like they're really not going to fight because of this moment here. They're they're working on something else. So right. I really like the issue, I can't believe I'm saying it with Lobdell's name on it, I really like <laughs> the issue for that because it, it makes uh, We Are Robin number seven read uh, even better. Uh, that you go, yeah, they are friends, they are brothers, they they do get uh, who and where they are uh, in the Robins. You have Dick very much being, I'm the first Robin, I need to take care of everybody. You have Damien at the other end of like, I am Robin, I don't need all you jerkheads, you know, <laughs> out here. And you have Dick and, or Dick, excuse me, uh, Jason and Tim in the middle going, we get where everybody's coming from, we get where all the shortcomings, we get the disappointment that Batman gives each of us. We get wanting to please Batman and uh, we get what it means to be a Robin. And I think Dick is trying to remember being a Robin and Damien wants to shove down the throat of everybody what it takes to be a Robin. And you have these two guys in the middle just wanting to embrace the legacy of Robin. Yeah. So um, I've been real happy uh, reading this, um, I feel like I've been doing a lot of podcasting <laughs> lately about Robin, but um, I think it's cool that DC is giving us two different stories um, with it. Uh, what do you think uh, so far of uh, the Robin War uh, series, tie-ins uh, as a whole, uh, Olivia? 
I really, I really, I mean, I, like I said, I, I plowed through the whole thing really quickly, but especially having, you know, having gone through them again with this podcast, it's like, I really am enjoying it. I, and I, it's, it's kind of nice to know that it's not like a huge story that's going to be going on for like months and months that yeah. it's an enjoyable piece that they're not going to have to drag out to, to get through it. It's, it's, it's really good. I, I feel like this, pretty much all the stories have been strong. There haven't been any like total clunkers and the art in all of them has been really good with, without a different artist on every book. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, the Robin war number one has a series of writers. I mean, there's a whole list of credits. There's one, two, three, four, five, there's at least 10. If I'm counting that correctly, there's at least 10 different writers and or artists or inkers. It looks like 10 artists. As from, I'm looking at a um, like a list online of the Robin War reading order, and it and it says written by Tom King and then art by ten different people. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> and that because that book that issue was forty something pages, it was a little longer. Yeah. So I guess they broke that up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking uh, going into January, the next time that we will do uh, a podcast, uh, we'll be looking at Robin War Two, Robin Son of Batman. We are Robin eight, and then Teen Titans sixteen, and both uh, Son of Batman, We Are Robin, and Teen Titans are the aftermath. So the next part of the story is going to be, um, oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Teen Titans. Uh, I, I missed it here. Uh, yeah, Rob, Robin, Titans, yeah, Robin, Son of Batman seven, yeah, yeah. Teen Titans, Teen Titans fifteen is the tie-in, and then uh, Robin um, War two. So yeah. yeah, so we've got uh, just a few more books, and like you said, it's. I feel like this could be a nice, concise story. If it's going to go over two months, it's not like the 26 issues for Batman and Robin Eternal or Convergence. It's going to go on for an entire summer, and there's you know so many offshoots. So I think uh, DC's uh, doing right by Robin here at the uh, very end. Uh, well, that's going to do it here. Terrence, thanks for uh, joining in. Any final thoughts for the Robin War? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, uh, you know, it's been it's had some um, unpredictable moments, so I'm kind of uh, looking forward to the end because I think that unpredictability kind of leaves you, you know, ooh, what's going to happen as opposed to, you know, uh, how many times can I say predictable here? <laughs> as opposed to it being predictable and uh, just, you know, leaving you there. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And thanks for having me on. And, and guys, have a good Christmas and Happy New Year. Yep. And that was a very predictable response, Terrence. So yeah. we'll, we'll let you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast uh, here. I want to thank uh, uh, Terrence uh, for joining me again. And uh, thank you, uh, Olivia, as well for doing this. And uh, we'll get together in about a month and we'll conclude uh, the Robin War here for the BatmanUniverse.net comic podcast. On the behalf of Olivia and Terrence, this is Rob uh, saying uh, tune in to all the wonderful podcasts on the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin, who is celebrating 75 years this year in the year 2015. Uh, we will see you guys next month. Take care. Yeah.